The Chicago Bulls lost their preseason game yesterday against the Denver Nuggets, but there were some promising things from both Kobe White and Patrick Williams to pull away from that game. So we're going to talk about that. Plus, we're going to ask the question, is it time to be more concerned for Dalen Terry, even though I know you guys have been concerned for him for a while, and Zach Levine comments on how a healthy offseason is going to help him start this season. We're going to talk about all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today, right? So the Chicago Bulls had their game yesterday against the Denver Nuggets, right? And so we want to talk about things. Again, I want to keep throwing out the caveat that everything that we talk about is with that caveat that it is only preseason. Now, in this game, though, the Denver Nuggets played their starters, right? And for what it's worth, when the uh, the the players that were mainly in that rotation that are going to be in the Bulls rotation, the Bulls played them pretty solidly, right? Overall, again, I'm not saying going to say here like they they outplayed them or anything in any stretch because they shouldn't, right? A starting five of Kobe White, Andre Drummond, Patrick Williams, Torrey Craig, and Ayo DeSumo should in no way outplay a starting five of players, for the most part, that were just on a championship team. Yes, they were missing Michael Porter Jr., but other than that, it's pretty much their starting five, right? So don't want to overstate that at all. But Kobe White and Patrick Williams showed why they can help support this core three in a big way, right? When you look at Kobe White's game, six for 11 uh, in this game, three assists, one rebound, uh, 20 points in this, no turnovers from Kobe White in this game, right? And then you saw as the game went on, Kobe White learning to pick his spots, right? L- understanding that he can take a player off the dribble, use his step back in that mid-range to, to, to get a shot off. He was also three of seven from the three-point line, right? So also, you know, getting the threes and shooting those pretty well. At times, you know, over the course of his, you know, first few seasons in the NBA, there have been times where Kobe White has had an open three, and you weren't always able to, to you know, rely heavily on the fact that it was going to go in. In this game, for the most part, all the, all the threes that were open, he hit, and even some that were contested, he still hit. Kobe White has continued showing the growth, and I know a lot of Bulls fans are still looking at Javon Carter, who is still, he, he was really good in this game as well. That transition three from Javon Carter is going to be a weapon this year. He was three of 10 from the field, but three of five from three-point range was Javon Carter for nine points in this game, and that's also kind of what you want to see from him. That's going to be his role, regardless of starting or coming off the bench. But also, Patrick Williams in this game. Patrick Williams shows and continues to show, as I've always pointed out, when he's a featured part of the offense, he's pretty solid. Now, there were, everything was not perfect, and I'm not going to paint it as it, it was perfect. He had 10 points in the first quarter, two in the second quarter. He goes on to score 20 points, 8 of 14 overall, 3 of 5 from three-point range, two rebounds, uh, one assist in this game, one turnover as well. Now, the signs of concern for P. Will. We're going we're gonna to talk about some of the good, some of the bad, right? The signs for concern with P. Will is that I still haven't seen P. Will take a player off the dribble yet, and I would like to see him get to the rim a little bit more. Force getting to the free throw line. He was only to the free throw line twice in this game. But those are things that with Patrick Williams' size, I think he can do really well. Also, the facilitating. Only one assist in this game, even though he did pass out in the right moments. It didn't lead to assists for him, but he did make some of the right decisions. you got to watch the game to really see that and understand that. But really, the, the part of Patrick Williams' game, we've seen a little bit of it throughout his career, right? Throughout different times in his career. But I really want to see P. Will make a concerned effort to get to the rim a little bit more consistently than what he showed so far. But 
otherwise, right, um, five of Patrick Williams' first 14 shots came in mid-range, right? And so four of those came at the rim. Again, want to see him get to the rim a little bit more, right? It's not a bad thing, not a bad thing at all. But listen, at the end of the day, Patrick Williams shot 40, 57% from the field. He's not always going to do that. but And that's why I want to see him add that part to his game of getting to the rim so he can get higher efficiency socks or get to the free throw line and draw fouls a little bit more. But other than that, listen, Patrick Williams in the scoring row, we've seen it before. He does. He is really, really good at it. That's not going to be his role day in and day out. But why it's promising that him and Kobe White both had 20 points in this game is because when defenses start zeroing in on DeMar, right, packing in the lane, or on Zach, or Zach's having a cold night, whatever it is, we're seeing that Kobe White and Patrick Williams have the ability to kick it into another gear, which this team is going to need. What did we talk about right early in the offseason? Patrick Williams understanding to be how to be more of a gap filler for this Chicago Bulls team, meaning filling the gaps that are between the core three players, and that is Patrick Williams' role on this team as of right now. But listen, this is a game that definitely shows, like I said, we had one game of aggressive P-Will, the second game was passive P, and P-Will right back to being aggressive and consistent in the role uh, of uh, being thrust into uh, 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 being needed as a big scoring role for this team. So listen, it's the, the potential is there for Patrick Williams. I know a lot of people try to make him this, this or try to paint him out to be a bust or whatever it is because he's not living up to their expectations of a number four overall pick, but he hasn't had the typical role of a number four overall pick either. But when you see things like this against, again, this was their starting unit, right? It wasn't like he was just doing this against bench warmers or some of the times like where we see Patrick Williams go off in the last game of the season where a team isn't playing, uh, you know, their best players. P. Will played extremely well in this game. He didn't play perfect, but he played extremely well in this game. The, the, one of the signs for concern with P. Will as well, seven rebounds over three preseason games. We need him to tighten that up a little bit, right? Again, this is to talk about everything fairly. It's not to unjustly judge him based off that, but you're a power forward in the NBA. You need to rebound the ball a little bit more, and I think going after those rebounds, specifically offensive rebounds as well, is going to help P-Will get to the free throw line, take care of mismatches, things like that. But overall, solid nights from P-Will and Io DeSumo. I, I mean, sorry, and uh, Kobe White. Io DeSumo is the next player I'm going to talk about. Listen, Io is starting to understand what his role is going to be on this Chicago Bulls team, and for that, it's much more similar to what it was when his rookie season started off when Lonzo Ball was out there, right? We're seeing a, a Io DeSumo that's, that's getting to the spots that he needs to get to, that's playing with the energy that he needs to get to. There was a time where he had Jokic Mitch Mask on him, and I was worried, and Io confidently took it to the rim. We didn't see a situation in which Io missed uh, layups, right? He didn't miss the bunnies, the gimmies. This was a Io DeSumo that I look at and say, yeah, he was starting in this game. That's not going to be his role, right? But he was starting in this game, playing 31 minutes, goes, uh, gets 12.7 assists, four rebounds. That is the type of production you want from a player that is now a role player for this team, right? Not No longer a starting point guard on this team, and that's fine. He has to understand how to go about get his, and that's another thing that I appreciate, and I want to make sure that I give props to Io DeSumo and how he's coming along, right? So we talked about Io, we talked about Kobe, talked about people a little bit about Javon Carter, and we also got to talk about Torrey Craig. Torrey Craig, while not on the stat sheet, you really have to watch the game. It's just amazing to understand, to see how Torrey Craig always understands how to be in the right situation and position. And he's going to be a really big uh, player for the Chicago Bulls this upcoming season. Julian Phillips played well, also without scoring. He had a highlight reel block in this game as well. But yeah, those I really like a lot of what we see, uh, saw in this game. 
And listen, I said it over on the a live post game show. Billy Donovan has coached three really good preseason games. Yeah, we were one and two, right? We didn't get wins, but that's not what I'm necessarily looking to take away from preseason. I'm looking at the game plan. I'm looking at how you get players involved. And it's been a solid game plan from Billy Donovan. Is he still the coach that I would want to see on the Chicago Bulls team? No. But listen, I got to acknowledge it as well that this coaching staff has had these Bulls players prepared. Listen, that's and the things are evolving. So that's what I like to see from this team. But moving off from that, one of the players that sat yesterday was Zach Levine. And Zach Levine had a comment uh, as far as health and, and how this offseason was different for him. He said this, I'm in shape. I'm not rehabbing. So you're not second guessing things. I feel like myself, like I did from December on, I had a full offseason. It's always good to come into camp in shape and not have any extra ailments. Now, when Zach Levine talks about how he how he played since December, right, I want to I want to quantify that. So from the start of the season until December 2nd, Zach Levine played 18 games. He averaged 20 points per game, 20.9 points per game on 40 percent shooting from the field, 35 percent from three point range. Right. And solid, right? He had a he had a plus minus of negative two point eight per game. So the teams were still the Bulls were being outscored by two point eight points when he was on the court. The difference is fifty nine games played after December second for Zach Levine. He averaged twenty six points per game on fifty percent shooting from the field, thirty eight percent shooting from three point range, four point five rebounds, and a a, a plus minus of plus one point two. Zach Levine balled out after he got fully healthy, and that is the expectation for Zach Levine coming into this season. Now that you're fully healthy, you have no ailments, as you said, that's the Zach Levine we need this season to start it off, right? Like we saw in that second Denver game, right? Zach Levine understanding, picking his spots, being a little bit more methodical. That's the Zach Levine we need for this Bulls team, saying this as well. We're still trying to play and figure out where we're going to get our shots within the offense. We're going to just mess around with the lineups throughout this preseason, see what works, what doesn't? That is what preseason is for, especially when you're trying to change and evolve your offense. And Zach Levine has to be a big part of that evolution with him playing more intelligently, right? But Zach Levine's basketball IQ has always been something that's been questioned by fans that both watch the game and fans that watch the box score. But at the end of the day, a Zach Levine that is fully healthy, that is understanding how to pick his spots, that is operating within the flow of the offense, trying to get other players involved, which we've also seen at the second half of last season and so far in preseason, that's when Zach Levine can be at his most dangerous. Yes, he needs support from that supporting cast, right? Moving without the ball, moving the ball around, those are all things that help Zach Levine and the other players' game on, on, on this team, and we need to see that consistently, will we, right? So often with this team, we hear them say the right things. And while we've seen the right things so far in preseason, it is preseason. And we got to see that in the regular season, which is eight days away. We are eight days away from Chicago Bulls basketball. And I, for one, am excited. I know. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide 
who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill you guys probably are too we got to continually bring that around and so hopefully we see that from this team hopefully a fully healthy Zach Levine and when you see like that the way that Kobe and Patrick Williams are stepping up right hopefully Vooch as well can be what he was last year which is 18 and 11 basically all that is going to help this team take that next step up and maybe even avoid the playing it's not going to be easy right they're not going to be favored most places and outlets have the the Bears God forbid that uh, have the Bulls finishing either 11th or 12th in the Eastern Conference, and I think this is going to be a team that really surprises some some people with how the sum of the parts come together to make this a much better team this season. Let's hope I'm right. We'll see, but like I said, a healthy Zach Levine this season is going to be huge for the Chicago Bulls. Now, talked about Zach. We talked about the preseason. we got to talk about one of the things that were concerning from this preseason so far, and that is Dalen Terry. Now, I've seen you guys go in the comments, a lot of people saying, uh, is Dalen Terry even an NBA player? And the question that, that seriously does have to be asked is, is this time to start being concerned about Dalen Terry? Now, we, got, we know we have a player development staff, right? We know that Dalen Terry least played 18th overall pick in NBA history, right? So those things play a part into it. But listen, Dalen Terry is still playing uncontrolled out there. He still can't hit a shot to save his life, right? While the energy is something that is infectious about Dalen Terry, it's uncontrolled energy. And I think that we won't really be able to see what Dalen is until he gets that under control, till he plays with more kind of understanding of what he needs to do rather than just running out there. We saw times and opportunities where he over uh, calculated on a pick and roll, which caught him out of position, right? He's just, he's not playing with any type of basketball IQ out there. Right now, Dalen Terry is going off energy and his athleticism, and that is does not make for a good basketball player in of itself. You have to understand when and how to control that energy and that, and that athleticism and add in a little basketball IQ, right? So, you know, I know a lot of Bulls fans are starting to call Dalen Terry a bust and things like that, and here's what I'll say. A 19-year-old kid, what is he, 20 years old now? It's, to, for me, too early. You guys can do what you want, right? To me, it's too early to call a kid a bust that really hasn't had, we didn't have a player, he's 21 years old. I don't know why I still thought he was younger than that. 21 years old, he just turned 21 in July. Um, but he has tons of work that he still needs to do, right? And if he's going to want to get on the court, I always say, like, with Dalen Terry, the thing that could get him on the court is the defense. But if it's uncontrolled energy and unfocused, that defense ain't going to mean shit, right? A player like Julian Phillips is showing way more poise and kind of you can see that Julian Phillips is understanding and learning game from game in the preseason. Dalen Terry has had a G League season. He has two summer leagues. And while that's not a huge sample size in of itself, right? Hey, man, I wanted to chime in a little bit on the DeMar DeRozan talk that we had uh, you guys all had earlier in the week is very good interesting stuff um no one i mean you guys have touched on it no one nationally is talking about if demar wants to stay everybody's just assuming it's the bulls decision um we got to remember that tomorrow's going to be 35 and has not won a championship and you know might want to and he's good enough to help the team he's he um do that so that's the first factor i think we should think about that's how i frame this all 
Um, DeMar's a very good player. Um, a two-year deal would line him up with Vucci, and um, that might, I think that would be what the Bulls would prefer to do is some sort of two-year deal um, if he wants to stay. Uh, I'm not sure that it um, would make sense. Oh, I know it doesn't make sense. They can't max the guy. If they max the guy, I don't know what they're – if they max him, I think they're just trying – to treat their players right for the benefit of the rest of the league. But then you're paying a guy who's, you know, going to be 38 and coming off an injury. By the end of his contract, he'll be 38. He had an injury last year. You know, these guys in their mid-30s, you know how it is. They get hurt, and it doesn't go away as fast. I think his leadership is a little bit overblown. I think the guys like him. But, I mean, if you're talking about he works out with Dale and Terry in the offseason, Dale and Terry right now looks like a worse player, like a like a like a not an NBA player at all. Um, that I mean that that's a little overblown. Same with Patrick Williams, he's been working out with him for two summers, and you know preseason. I know it's preseason, but it's a little scary how little his mindset has changed. Um, based on the last game, you know where he does the flashes. So I don't know what they're gonna do with tomorrow. I I think they want to sign him for two years at a higher value just to line up the timeline and to keep their cap space asset. But we'll see what he does. I you know what I think. I don't think this team is gonna be a championship contender as built. And I think they locked themselves into that status with um, Vucevic and the Levine extensions. I think this is as good as they're gonna be unless someone takes an unexpected leap. So I I predict they're Try to sign him to a two-year deal. Um, if I were him, I would look to go to sign and trade somewhere, you know, like the Lakers or somewhere like that, where he can, you know, not ring chase. I said that once, but you know, get an opportunity to win at a very, very high level instead of you know what we have here. Um, I do like him. I mean, this is not. I'm trying not trying not to be critical of him. Uh, I appreciate what he does. I just think this is what um is where we're at. He's a good player. Um, but he is old, coming off an injury plague season, and that's going to keep coming. So you can't do big bucks to him, but I think the rest of the stuff makes sense, like line him up with Vucevic. That's what I predict they want to do. I'll see what they do do. All right, bye. He has to work on that, right? And this hopefully this player development staff that AK spent money on to build this whole new department within the Chicago Bulls, it has to pay off. And one of the players that it has to pay off in is Dalen Terry, right, to see what you can get out of him. You passed on Walker Kessler to bring in Dale and Terry. Let's be clear here. Walker Kessler, you may have not needed to re-sign Nikola Vucevic this offseason. Probably still would have, right, because of the assets, things like that. But, like, you passed on Walker Kessler to get this kid in, a kid that has tons of raw potential. But until you start mining that potential, it means nothing in the long run. So we got to start seeing that from Dalen. They're, they're absolutely. I can understand the concern around Dalen. Me, personally, it's too early for me. And my, and my thoughts to go from a, a, a seldom played rookie into just his second NBA season to start calling him a bust yet. But those signs of con- those signs for concern are there with Dalen Terry. And I really do hope that, you know, it, he starts figuring it out sometime sooner rather than later. But all right, let's go ahead and get into we got one voicemail I want to get into before we go today. This one is from Casual Keldon. All right. First, I got to start with your casual takes. Right. DeMar literally said this offseason he wants to retire a Chicago Bull. So this whole thing of you. Starting this off by asking, does DeMar even want to stay in Chicago? He literally answered that question. Now, one could say that it's posturing, but he didn't need to say that. His play and what he's been for the Chicago Bulls team speaks to it, right? So I I tend to lean towards believing DeMar when he says that he he wants to retire a Bull. Now, he doesn't want to do that just to take any deal, right? He still wants to get paid. This may be his last time for a, a lengthy contract or a contract at all, right? So I do think that 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 DeMar wants to stay in Chicago Bull. So that. We got, I got to nix that right from the bud on you on that one. DeMar literally said he wants to retire a bull. 
But outside of that, the question that you asked, and I actually think is a reasonable question, is is DeMar DeRozan's leadership overblown? And the reason why I think that that's a reasonable question. I see you guys in the comments so often people say, well, we got to keep DeMar around. He's mentoring the young guys. But those same young guys that people say that he's mentoring are the same young guys that people complain about, right? Like when you look at Io, a lot of Bulls fans complain about Io. I think Io may have a bounce back year this year. A lot of Bulls fans complain about Io. Dalen Terry, we all know that Bulls fans complain about Dalen Terry, right? Patrick Williams, we still got Bulls fans saying that the Bulls need to trade uh, Patrick Williams and he's a bust even though, you know, he's a fourth, fifth option on the team and offensively and they kind of just focus on offense when they talk about P-Will, right? But so it, it's it's funny to hear Bulls fans use the, the mentor aspect of this conversation, but then the players that he mentor, they also shit on those players, right? So regardless of DeMar's mentorship, is overblown or not. I've said this for a couple of years now. The lessons that DeMar is teaching these young players in the work ethic, right, things like that, is something that is is going to pay off for them for years and years, even after uh, DeMar is gone. But the bigger question is, is, is those, are those lessons starting to show on the court, right? And I think for a lot of the players here, you have those questions, right? You have the questions on if, that, if, that's, if that's happening. So I, I do think that there is a conversation and an argument to be made on DeMar DeRozan's mentorship and, and leadership and how it's really like, like affecting the younger players. But here's the thing. All that aside, when you need a bucket, DeMar DeRozan is usually the guy to either get the bucket or get to the free throw line, help extend that game, help that game slow down. We don't have another player that does that. Zach does not get to the free throw line consistently. Um, you know, uh, Kobe doesn't get to the free throw line consistently, even though I think this year and seeing how he's using the speed off the dribble, be on the lookout for Kobe White, maybe the average of the most free throws he has in his career. Patrick Williams, I just talked about me and my desire to see him get to the free throw line a little bit more. So DeMar absolutely has a role on this team. Now, I think the money has to be right. Maxing him to me for the max years and money would be asinine. Now, if you're going to max him on the money, but over over two years or whatever, two plus one, it's not as bad, right? That's more salvageable. But ultimately, I think it comes down to this, right? I think both sides want to get it done, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they agree on the number that it would take to get it done. And that's where the Chicago Bulls team and DeMar DeRozan may sit at a crossroads. Now, if the Bulls start off, keep in mind, you you don't have a deadline on when you need to extend DeMar. So if the Bulls have success this season that they think they're going to have with the changes to their offense and DeMar is is playing well in that, maybe even facilitating more at times and taking over the game more at times, kind of picking those spots, but empowering players like Patrick Williams and Kobe White and supporting them, then I think that that extension gets done before the end of the season. If the Bulls still struggle, I think that, that may, it may go until right up until free agency started, much like it did with Nikola Vucevic. But time will tell on that one. But thank you, Kelder, as always, for the voicemail. That's my time for today, guys. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod.gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.